a door open in Taiwan, even though they don't want to go there. Uh, they went there to help somebody that was already there. And uh, so it says, uh, open and close doors in Taiwan. We have been in Taiwan now for almost six months after getting stuck in the States in early 2020 because of COVID-19 border restrictions. We were excited that after a few months, Chinese-speaking Taiwan opened their borders and we were able to come and serve in a church plant here. God has blessed and used our time here to share the gospel with uh, many uh, Taiwanese people who have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. We came to Taiwan on a short-term six-month visa, and we were hoping when the six months was up, we would be able to either extend the visa or apply uh, for a new visa and continue to serve here as we wait for the travel restrictions to mainland China. Uh, to lift. However, God has currently closed this door on January 1st because of a couple of new COVID cases. Taiwan closed their borders back down again, deciding not to allow new visa applications for the time being. We requested to extend our visa or apply for a new one, and we were told it would not be allowed. On the same day, we learned Taiwan had decided to stop allowing new visa applications we also found out that Singapore had opened their borders to travelers from Taiwan. After looking at different options and praying about it, we decided to go to Singapore and serve there for a few months while we continued to wait uh, for the uh, China to open back up. Uh, said uh, Singapore is a city that has a uh, uh, English and uh, Mandarin Chinese, so we should have no problem communicating with the people and a uh, population over 5 million people. And uh, so said, please pray for us. Now, there are some missionaries there. Uh, they, they won't get it out. One door closes. And that's a young couple. When they came here to uh, do deputation, we took them on immediately because I thought a young couple, that young man and his wife that young, and they're willing to go to a place like China, uh, you had to be a sin not to send them. Uh, amen. So, amen. So... Uh, they're doing a great work for the Lord. A lot of missionaries, they want to go and they can't go, so just pray for them. Uh, amen. All right. I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to get right in study tonight because we're running a little behind tonight, okay? And uh, only announcement uh, we might make, if you're interested in going uh, Saturday to the fellowship, we've got to leave at 6.30. And uh, if you want to go, just see me and uh, we'll see how many's going everything, what we're going to do about that. Uh, all right. I went out, and uh, while they're passing these out, I will say this. Uh, uh, we went out and seen uh, Donald and Leola this evening, and uh, Dave and Diane went yesterday, and uh, and just was uh, really blessed by how good he was doing. And he looked good, and he, he was uh, talking pretty good, and they'd been out riding around, and uh, so that was a, uh, Real blessing. They're probably watching tonight. And if they are, they said tell everybody that uh, they said hey. So, uh, so I'm telling y'all they said hey. Y'all want to say hey back to them? Hey. All right. And uh, we got some others. And we took prayer back to the prayer room. And uh, we got some people, uh, TJ and Zeb, uh, pray for them. And uh, uh, they're, they both have COVID. And uh, pray for them. And... Uh, and, some, and that's the only ones I know in our church right now that's uh, got it. But uh, you pray for them, they'll get over that pretty quick. All right, Revelations chapter number 7. And uh, while Eddie's finishing up there, it might be good, even though we've already read it, it might be good to read it again to refresh our minds. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, and the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servant of our God in their forehead. And I heard the number of them which was sealed, and there was sealed a hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of 
Nephilim was sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Manasseh was sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Esher. Issachar was sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. The tribe of Joseph was sealed 12,000. The tribe of Benjamin was sealed 12,000. After this, I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindred, people, and tongues stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. They cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation, our God, which sat upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, about the elders and the four beasts, fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor and power and might. Be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto him, What are these that are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto them, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them, they shall hunger no more neither thirst any more, neither, uh, uh, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and they shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the Scripture and the reading, and we ask you to bless tonight's service, and we'll give you all the praise and uh, that you'll unfold tonight what we need to know in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, I know we, uh, we're not going to be going back over what we've already went over. Uh, I know we read this chapter a couple weeks before, but there's just uh, uh, too many loose ends here we need to tie up tonight a little bit. So this is all new stuff, and if you've got your uh, uh, answer or question sheet there, uh, these are... Are all uh, different different questions. What I do in my sheet? Has anybody got a sheet? has got the answers on it. If you do, that's mine. Huh? You wouldn't tell it. Okay. Well. I can take the one like you've got, but it makes it a whole lot easier if I... feel like Jimmy Hood's ball. Uh, no, I've got, uh, I've got them. I just don't have them, the one that I've already filled out and answered. feel like Jimmy Hood's boy when he's up at Camp Glory and he's sitting, sitting beside Brother Hood. And uh, Brother Sheets would you do five minute preaching, and he'd uh, he'd call on you. He'd call on you. Just uh, never knew when he was gonna call on you. you. Might say, "Okay, five minutes." And uh, Jimmy's boy didn't know it, but he was sitting beside his dad, and his dad got in his Bible and slipped his outline out. And he got up there and he started looking for his outline. He couldn't find his outline. And uh, and Brother Sheets said, "Boy, you better preach. You're gonna time's gonna be up." And he started preaching, but he's still looking. By the time he gets done, he's got his Bible up shaking it like that. And as soon as he gets done preaching, Jimmy grins at him and holds it up. He said, boy, you need to learn to preach without that thing. All right. Uh, let me say something here tonight by way of introduction tonight. This may sound like a strange statement, but I believe it's true. If you make an honest effort to study parts of the Bible, I'm talking about a saved person, and you struggle to understand it, it could be because it's not for you. A lot of people say, preacher, I can't understand that revelation stuff. could be because it ain't for you. You ain't going to be here. I bet you don't have any problem understanding most of the Pauline epistles. Because they're for you. Paul wrote them for you. Does that make any sense? 
that help you out. A lot of times things in the Bible, you, you think it's because you're dumb or you're not spiritual. This has to do with a thing that you can, you can learn a certain part of it, but basically it's not for you. Uh, it's for people that's going to be here during that time. And it's just to give you a little glimpse of what's going on. So remember that. All right, Revelation 7 and verse 2 said, I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. Okay, uh, let's look at this business of sealing here real quick. And uh, you and I are sealed. We've been sealed. Uh, look over in Ephesians. Uh, in Ephesians. And uh, we'll see when we got sealed. In Ephesians uh, chapter 1 and verse 13. Ephesians 1 and verse 13. And Paul writes there and said, In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. You didn't get saved till you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption, the purchased possession to the praise and the glory. Over in Ephesians 4 verse 30 and the Bible said, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Uh, so don't let somebody tell you, well, if you grieve him, you're, you're, you'll come unsealed. That's not what it said. It said don't grieve him because you're sealed until the day of redemption. The day of redemption is when you get to heaven. That's when the day of redemption is. Okay, this is done by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals every believer uh, the moment they get saved. They're sealed. Now, this... Uh, this is different here in Revelation 7. Uh, it's not the same kind of sealing. We'll see that here. Uh, the sealing of a Christian, the sealing, if you're saved tonight, how many saved people we got? Okay. I can't see a seal on any one of you. Because the seal of the, of the believer done by the Holy Spirit of God is a seal done inwardly. By the Holy Spirit of God. We can't see it tonight. We can't, we can't see that seal. This is different here. This seal we're talking about here. Uh, it's not the same. And we'll, we'll see one reason is that you're not, you can't see our seal. But you will be able to see this seal. Uh, you will be able to see it. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a visible seal. Uh, look in uh, Ezekiel chapter 9. And we got a we got a situation over there in Ezekiel nine that is a kind of a forerunner of what's going on here. And uh, Ezekiel chapter nine. And we got a thing there in uh, verse two, it said, And behold, six men came the way of the higher gate, which lie toward the north, and every man a slaughtering weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with linen with a rider's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. Look at verse 4. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abomination that may be done in the midst thereof. Now, you see that word in verse 4, that word it says, he says, set a mark. Set a mark. Okay, that word there is the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet. There's only 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Ours has 26, but theirs only has 22. And it's the last letter in there. And it's a word that means mark. That's what it means. It means mark. Mark. And the word is T-A-V. 
is the actual Hebrew word there is T-A-V. And it really, it literally means a sign of a cross. A sign of the cross. And it looks like it's very possible that this sealing that's done here, uh, it looks like that the Lord Himself's going to do it. The difference between the difference between uh, that mark and our mark is that ours is done by the Holy Spirit and it's unseen. This one's done looks like by the Lord Himself, and it'll be a visible mark. You say, well, it says an angel will do it there in verse two. I know it, but look where that angel come from. That angel comes out of the east, out of the east, and uh, and not only that. Uh, not only that, if you look over, I think it's in uh, yeah, Revelations 14. This is the same bunch that's getting sealed in chapter 7. Chapter 14, it said, I looked and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name. Whose father's name? The Lord. The Lord. And uh, it, it doesn't really matter, you know, one way or the other, but it looks like this, uh, we won't go into it, we could run some more scripture, but we won't do it. But it looks like this is the Lord Himself that seals these 144,000. Now this mark is a visible mark. And so the Antichrist, he copies it. He copies it. Now you remember a few weeks ago, uh, when we were looking there in Revelations 13, and uh, I told you it's interesting there how it said, it said that no man might buy, sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And it said in their right hand or in their forehead. You remember us talking about that? And we was talking about it, you know, it, evidently it could be like a vaccine or, or a chip or something in under the hand. And we find the same thing in Revelation 7. Same thing there. And he says, uh, 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 where is it, verse uh, what, 3, saying, Hurt not that neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in, in their forehead. Now here's the thing about the Bible. About the time you think you've got it figured out, you run upon something messes everything up. That's just the way the Bible is. And uh, you say, where's it messed up at? Look over in Revelation 20. Revelations 20. And look at uh, verse 4. And he talks about them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the Word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon. And I read that the other morning. I said, Lord, I wish you'd put that in. It messes my thoughts up. Uh, but you know, the only thing I can see about that, it could be either way. Uh, and this mark here is a visible mark. That'll be a, it may be a cross. It may be a cross. Last week you saw a lot of people with a... Yeah. Looks stupid, don't it? When you see them, you think, "Man, he forgot to wash his forehead." They don't even know it's on there. Uh, but then you then you see, because some of them don't make too good a cross; they just make like a big smudge there. Uh, but uh, it looks like it could be either way, and it looks like it could be a literal sign of a cross and them 144,000 on their forehead. And I think it's uh, I think it is uh, literal, literally seen. And here's why I say that. Because the devil copies it. Everything the Lord does, the devil copies it. God had a God had a only begotten son. God had a son. The devil's going to have one, son of Satan. Uh, God is the real Christ, the devil's the antichrist. God has a Bible, the devil has a satanic Bible. God has a church, the devil has a satanic church. God has a plan of salvation, the devil has a plan of salvation. Uh, God has a plan for end times, the devil has a plan for end times. 
So everything that God does, the devil does. So uh, the Antichrist is going to copy this. Now remember the seal of the Christian is done by the Holy Spirit. It is invisible. The seal of these 144,000 is a seal done by the Lord Himself or an angel. Either way, you don't have to believe it's the Lord. But if I had more time, I could almost prove it to you. Uh, so we see, uh, we see these seals here. Now, why seals? What what's seals mean? Well, there's about uh, four things that seals are for. Four things seals are for. Uh, first of all, when we see a seal, we think about ownership. Ownership. Uh, when we see a seal, if you buy something, uh, got a seal on it. They used to, they put uh, seals, brands on their cattle, uh, and it would stand for own, ownership. So with this seal, uh, Song of Solomon 8 and verse 6, if you want to write a scripture down there, on number 1, it's ownership. Song of Solomon 8 and verse 6, he said, set a seal upon me. Talk about the, the bride and the bridegroom. Luke 15, 22, you remember when the prodigal son came home and the father said, put a ring on his hand. Well, that ring had a signet on it, a seal. And uh, everywhere he went, he could show them that seal and uh, show who he belonged to. So for us, the seal is to show that we belong to the Lord. We've been saved, we belong to the Lord. And for them during the tribulation, it's a seal to show that they are owned by God the Father. Uh, they're owned by God the Father. Okay, another thing a seal does is it shows, uh, and by the same way, the devils, the ones he seals, they're saying they belong to him. Okay, this, it certifies uh, genuineness, a seal does. Uh, look, we never go to Esther much. Uh, look in Esther chapter 3 and verse 12. What's the unusual thing about the book of Esther? Doesn't mention God. There's a man who knows his Bible. Uh, eight chapters never mentions God. Amen. Okay, Esther 3 and verse 12. The Bible said, uh, uh, I ain't going to read all that. Look down to the very last part. And it said, In the name of King Herasuus was it written and sealed with the king's ring. There's that seal. That's saying this thing's authentic. It's genuine. It's genuine. You buy something and you look for the seal of uh, what would be something have a seal on it. Good uh, uh, housekeeping seal or something they used to put on everything. And it shows the genuineness. This thing's for real. If you buy it and turn it upside down, it says made in China. Uh, you know it ain't genuine. It ain't real. I went in a store a few years ago and they had a case knife display. And it caught my eyes and went by and I couldn't believe the price. I thought, man, what's going on? It's a real deal here. And I asked to see one. She handed it to me. When I opened the blade, it said made in China. Uh, case knife made in China. And uh, they practically give them away over her. Okay, a seal is for protection as it is here. In uh, Revelation 7, the Lord puts this seal on them and they're protected. Can't nobody bother them because they got this seal on them. They're protected. That's Revelation 7, 3, and also in Revelations 14 and verse 4. Something else a seal does, and we're not going to the Scriptures right now because I'm trying to get through this and get to something. But a seal is there for avoiding tampering with. You ever buy a medicine and it says it has a child protection seal on it? so they can't get in there. They can't bother. So <clears throat> these, this seal in the Bible, it shows ownership. It shows that it's genuine. It shows that the thing that seals protected uh, in the Kent sense of these 144,000 and, uh, and it is to show don't mess with it. Avoid tampering with it. Don't bother these. They're sealed. These 144,000 are sealed and protected by God. Amen. Now, these 144,000, they are not Jehovah's Witnesses. They are not the Seventh-day Adventists. Sorry, Cheryl. They are not anything like that. They're not Mormons. They're not Mormons. 
You say, what are they? They're what the Bible says they are. They're Jews. They're Israelites. You say, how do we know that? Well, for one thing, we believe what we read. Uh, amen. We just believe what we read. But if you want a little bit more proof, verse 4 said, of all the what? Of all the tribes. tribes. Okay, I don't think anybody's ever called you and me in a tribe. Uh, they call us denominational, Baptists, independent Baptists, Methodists, whatever. But we've never been called a tribe, a tribe. Now look over in Matthew 24 and talk about the coming of the Lord. And look there in verse 30, Matthew 24, 30. Talk about the tribulation, verse 29. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes. Okay, Matthew 24 is a complete Jewish chapter, you can't even find the church in Matthew 24. The elect in Matthew 24 is not the church. The elect in Matthew 24 is always Israel. It's always Israel. Now, so we know these are 144,000 uh, Jews that are sealed, and really they have a type in the Bible. Their type is found in Acts 9. Acts 9. Acts 9, and here's their type. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogue that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. Jesus himself reveals himself to the Apostle Paul for a special reason. Paul's going to be an uh, apostle to the Gentiles. Look in 1 Corinthians 15. Add, add this to that. 1 Corinthians 15. Paul's talking about the gospel and all that, and he's talking about the Lord there in verse 6, that he was seen of about 500 of the brethren. You see that? Okay, look at verse 7. He said, After that he was seen of James, and then all of the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also, what does it say? As one born out of due time. Paul is saying he's a type of those 144,000 that they're going to be like Paul. Paul got saved because the Lord revealed himself to Paul in an unusual way because the Lord had an unusual job for Paul to do. Same thing is going to happen to them 144,000. Uh, the Lord's going to reveal Himself to them, and they're going to have a job to do during the tribulation. Now you think about what one Apostle Paul did in about 30 years. Wrote 14 books of the Bible, started I don't know how many churches. The Lord only knows how many people got saved. That's what one Apostle Paul did. How do you think 144,000 of them would do? No, be, we'll see that right here. She asked a good question. She said, now will they just be witnessing uh, to the Jews? We got our answer right there in our text. Look in Revelation 7. Right after all that sealing, what's the next thing it says in verse 9? Was it just the Jews? Okay, it's Jew and Gentile, a great multitude. Who are this great multitude? They are the results of the preaching of those 144,000. Okay, where did the 144,000, where did they come from? Well, the Lord reveals Himself to them. 
But there, I believe they're the byproduct of the two witnesses in Revelation 11. Revelation 11. Remember them two witnesses there in Revelation 11? Uh, okay, so you got them. You got these 144,000 uh, people like the Apostle Paul. Uh, amen. And so after that, you have a great number of people during the tribulation. Okay, so uh, we're going to look now at three classes of people saved in the tribulation in this chapter. Okay, first of all, we got the 144,000. We got them, don't we? 144,000, they are spiritually saved. Look in Romans 11. Romans 11 and verse 5. He said, Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. These 144,000 are spiritually saved. They're an election of grace. They're like you. Amen. Not a one of them loses their salvation. Say, so how you know that? Well, we read here there was 144,000 of them sealed. Now look over in chapter 14, verse 1. How many of them made it, how many of them made it to heaven? 144,000. They all made it. They didn't nobody lose nothing. Uh, they're a remnant of grace. Now the grace dispensation's over. Uh, the church age is the grace dispensation. Salvation by grace plus faith plus nothing, minus nothing. But this is a remnant of a carryover of a grace, the election by grace. So we have these 144,000 that are spiritually saved. It really don't matter when they're saved. I mean, we talked about that before. At least to me, it don't. You can try to, you can try to take the revelations and put it in a chronological order. Has anybody ever seen a chronological Bible? Does anybody have one? You got one? Okay, somebody bought me one the other day. George Sears bought me one, and I couldn't wait to get it to get over to Revelations to see how it was. You know how it was in Revelations. Just like it is in Revelation in this Bible. You say, why? Because it ain't happened yet. How can you put in order what ain't happened yet? Uh, and we, we went through this before and it's real important. Go ahead and read it. Alright, there's your first fruits of the tribulation, so to speak. Them 144,000. Okay, uh, yes, I forgot my thought. Where was what? That's Revelation 14 where he read from. Uh, but you got, you got 22 chapters in Revelations. Everything in there has got to happen in seven year time period or less. Or less. So the ball's going to be rolling pretty good once it starts rolling. I showed you three weeks ago how that we go through Revelations four times. Uh, all the things are going on almost simultaneously. Uh, we go all the way through. I'm not, I don't want to take the time tonight to show you. But you, we go through Revelations four times. It ain't, it ain't Revelations 7 and then 8 happens and then 9 happens and 10 happens. We don't have time for that. Everything is happening simultaneously. And just like in the first coming of Jesus Christ, in the first coming of Jesus Christ, we're told it how many times? Four times. How are we told it? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
So really we're taken through the coming of Jesus Christ the first time, four times. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's all the same stuff. A little bit added, a little bit taken away, but it's all the same stuff. Uh, somebody adds a little something, uh, Mark adds something Matthew didn't see, Luke adds something Matthew or Mark didn't see. John is quite a bit different, but four times. So if we, if we go through the first coming of the Lord Jesus four times, we do the same thing at the second coming of the Lord Jesus. We go through it four times through the book of Revelations. And Lord, I wouldn't, uh, I hope you understand what I was saying that it doesn't matter to me really when these things happen. Uh, they're all going to happen. Uh, they're all going to happen. And, uh, and we, could, uh, we could try to figure out this and that and others, uh, and then we'll get over a few chapters and it'll mess everything up. Yeah. Just the chaos of the rapture of the church is going to set the platform up. True. Right. Right. Okay, we got 144,000 people spiritually saved, sealed in chapter 7. After that, we got a great multitude of people also spiritually saved. But it's a little different with them. You say, what's different? Well, uh, We'll, we'll, we'll look at this, and uh, it says some things about them that uh, it don't say about the others. Uh, Revelation 7 is when they get saved. Revelation 7. Yeah, we know they come out of the tribulation. He said these are they that come out of great tribulation. Amen. Look in Revelations 12 and verse 11. Now this is the great multitude. Okay? And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto death. They're spiritually saved. But they, they plead the blood of Christ and they overcome by their testimony that they love not their life unto the death. You say, what's that mean? That means they got to be willing to get their head cut off. All right, look in chapter 14. Uh, look at verse 12. This is talking about them tribulation people. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. A little different there. I can't explain it all. Uh, doesn't matter because I'm not going to be here anyway. Uh, I've already been saved. I know how I'm going to be saved. But during the tribulation, these, this great multitude, uh, it's a little bit different there uh, concerning them. Then there's, uh, so that's two classes, okay? First two classes are spiritually saved. But you got a third class. Look in Matthew 24, verse 13. We've talked about this verse several times, Matthew 24 and 13. And some people have tried to pull it on you or me and tell us we're going to lose our salvation. But Matthew 24, 13 said, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Not spiritual salvation. That's not what they're saying. You've got two classes that are spiritually saved. This last class, class is physically saved. They make it all the way to the end of the tribulation, endure until the end, and they're physically saved. Physically. They didn't get the mark of the beast. They may have helped the Jews. Matthew 25, Judgment of the Nations. I was in prison, you visited me. I was hungry, and you gave me meat. That's uh, people that's going to help the Jews during the tribulation. But somehow they make it, not many of them, not many, but they make it through to the end of the tribulation, battle Armageddon, go over into the thousand year reign. Physically saved. Physically. Not spiritually. 
Not yet. They'll get a chance later on. You remember at the end of the thousand year reign? You remember what happens there? Uh, so the main thing to remember is you got three classes of people saved during the tribulation. You got the 144,000 remnant of grace. You got a great multitude, which I do not think is going to be all that big a multitude. Uh, I could go out to uh, five, ten thousand people and I'd say, man, what a multitude. I personally do not believe, I know some do, but I personally do not believe that those saved during the tribulation will be a greater body than those saved in the church age. Don't believe it's going to happen. I believe the church age will make up the biggest part of, of the body of Christ. Those saying during the tribulation, they'll be several, but it ain't going to be billions of people saved during the tribulation. You say, why do you say that? We can't hardly get nobody saved now. You think they're going to, you think they're going to say, hey, I'll get my head cut off. Yeah, it's coming right now. Right, right. So, uh, okay. Now some people, they try to stick you in the tribulation. They'll try to tell you this great multitude that that's the church, that's you. Well, all you got to do is read your Bible. Look what he said in verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these? which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And look at the answer. And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of... Great tribulation. You, did not, you will not come out of great tribulation. You will come out of tribulation. we got tribulation now. It's going to get worse. But you will not come out of the great tribulation. This is not church age saints. You say, how do you know? They're already gone. Revelations chapter 4. You remember? Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. And we ain't seen the word church one time since then. It's mentioned 19 times up till then. After that, the church is not mentioned once until we get over to Revelation 19, end of the tribulation. So this is not church age saints. They're already gone. Okay, compare Scripture with Scripture. The way you come up with the right doctrine is not get one place of Scripture and make that fit the whole Bible. The way you get right doctrine, Isaiah said, here a little and there a little. You get a little bit over here, you get a little bit over there and you put it all together and it starts to make sense. It starts to go together. The path of justice as a shining light shineth more and more under the perfect day. Okay, look in chapter 4, Revelations 4. Let's notice some differences here. I'm trying to prove this is not the church. Revelations chapter 4 and look at verse 4. And around about the throne were four and twenty seats. We said that's representation of the, of the church, the Old Testament saints, New Testament saints. Upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders. What are they doing? Setting. Okay, look at Revelation 7. At these that come out of the great tribulation. It said, No man can number of all nations, verse 9, kindreds and people and tongues, and they... Stood. They're not even doing the same thing. One of them setting. Setting, which denotes rest. The other one, they're all standing. They're all standing. Okay, look in uh, back to chapter 4 and look at uh, verse 10. And the four and twenty elders fell down before Him that sat on the throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their what? Look over Revelation 7. Has anybody got any crowns? Different bunch. You say, why is the church already... Why they got crowns? Because 
It's picturing them as already been judged and already receiving their crowns. Why don't these people have any crowns? Because they ain't been judged yet. They're judged at the end of the tribulation. You see how they're not the same? They're not the same. Okay, the church is, is judged during the tribulation. You remember us talking about that? For seven years we're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ and we're going to be getting judged judgment seat of Christ. Okay, the tribulation saints are judged after the tribulation. At the end of the tribulation. Not the same but. Okay, look at this. Revelations 1 and 5. Notice how it's worded. worded wording is so important. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and what? Washed us. Washed us. Look at chapter 7. Look at verse 14. These are they which came out of great tribulation, and they have washed their... One of them were washed. The other one, their robes is washed. Different. I forgot who it was. Maybe Paul Chapel had a famous statement. said, they, things that are different are not the same. They're not the same. The trouble with us Baptists is we try to make all the Bible fit one thing. We want it all to be the same. Old Testament, New Testament, Middle Testament. We want it all to be the same. But it ain't the same. Because the Bible talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. And the Bible talks about dispensations. Dispensation is a period of time. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that the Old Testament's different than the New Testament. Amen. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that the tribulation time is different than the church age. Right. Things are different. Okay, the church is raptured up and caught up before the tribulation in Revelations 4 and 1. The tribulation saints are caught up after, right at the very end of the tribulation. That's why they come out of great tribulation. My, my, that old clock spinned around tonight. Let me give you a few more. And uh, anybody need any questions answered on your sheet? Okay. Here's a couple other differences. Revelations 21, 22. This is our city where we're going to live. Revelation 21, 22. And I saw no temple therein. Right? No temple. Look at verse 15. Therefore, or chapter 7, Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His. One bunch ain't got no temple and the other bunch serve Him in their temple. Why is that? Because the New Jerusalem where we're going to live, it don't have a temple. The Lord is a temple. But where these, where these Jews are going to live on earth, we have a heavenly inheritance. They have an earthly inheritance. There is going to be a temple on earth. They're different. They're, they're not the same. The tribulation saints, it says they're hungered. Verse, uh, uh, it talks about being hungry. It talks about being burnt by the sun. Talks about them thirsting. We don't read any of that. Church age. Actually, what the church age says is we're rich and increased and full of goods. We don't have need of nothing. It's different. Okay? Let me give you three things about them that's the same, and I'll quit tonight. I'm talking about church saints and tribulation saints. Both of them, both of them are saved by God. God has to save you. If you're going to be saved, God has to save you. We know in Revelations 5 and 9, He said that He hath redeemed us by the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 7 10, uh, we know it says our God is saved. 
Okay, both of them need the blood. We got to have the blood. The Bible said in Revelations 5 and 9, He hath redeemed us by His blood. Well, we read about them other people that said they overcame Him by the blood. So everybody's got to have the blood. Now here's something. Here's something that I had never really caught on to until going through this this time. Look in Revelation 7, verse 17. We're about done. Revelations uh, 7 and uh, see. Yeah, Revelation 7, verse 17. For this is in tribulation saints. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears. That's only found two places in your Bible. God wipes away all the tears of the tribulation saints at the end. Of course, you know where the other one is. Revelation 21, verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears. One thing about it, where you're a tribulation saint or church age saint, when you get through with your judgment, you got a lot of tears. Because we all have failed the Lord. And we all just kind of lounge around, kind of lazy on God. And uh, But one of these days when we stand before Him, we get the big picture, we're going to be crying like babies going through that judgment. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry I didn't do more. I'm sorry, Lord, I wasn't more faithful. I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't give more. I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't preach harder. I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't witness when you told me to. And then God's going to wipe all them tears away. And let me leave you on a good note tonight. When we get through with that, we got it made in the shade. Amen. Amen. Got it made in the shade. Praise God. All right. Let me go back and remind you again what I said at the beginning of this lesson. That if you have trouble understanding something and you're saved, you got the Holy Spirit living in you and you studied it, you tried to get it and you couldn't get it, Maybe because it ain't for you. You just need to get a little glimpse of it, of a, of a spiritual thing, but it might not be for you doctrinally. And that might be why you can't get it. Father, I come to you tonight. And I thank you, Lord, for 